on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we kicked off coverage yet again of Downton Abbey, uh, this time season six, uh, as we lead up to the release of Downton Abbey, A New Era. In the episode that we watched, season six, episode one, we saw Anna get exonerated of murdering a man. We saw Patmore ask Carson if he's down to do the deed with Hughes. Uh, and a lot of other stuff was going on, and you know we're back in Season 6, and we're going to keep talking about it this week on the Lords of Grantham Podcast. And we're back again, Downton Abbey, Season 6, Episode 2. What's going on, Corey? Nothing much, Dave. Just going with the flow over here. How, how about you? I'm good. I'm I'm ready to get into this sort of uh, eh, middle <laughs> pace setting down Abbey episode. I mean, it's almost like this feels like work in our in our build up to uh, Downton Abbey: A New Era. It's like, well, I guess we just have to go through this uh, these episodes of season six here, huh? They're not all they're not all all uh, you know kings of the the castle, <laughs> however what you want to yeah. call them. It, 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 I don't mean that as any sort of disrespect to season six, Mm-mm. but we do know that this is a full-on season, and this uh, we're, we're here for it. But we're not going to sugarcoat the fact that sometimes it is a little slow, and this is yeah. one of those weeks. And I think we've talked about this as much as season six is a rebound from some of the low, lows of season four and season five. Uh, there's still some drags <laughs> to the season, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that in this episode. Um, but Dave, I, th- I thought it'd be worthwhile to let our fans, not our fans, but just the Down Abbey fandom universe at large know that Leslie Nickel, who plays Pat Moore, she is doing a one-woman show <laughs> here in New York. She just did a run in Chicago, and now she's coming to New York, uh, where she just does an auto autobiographical like live mic you know, conversation for like an hour where she tells her life story, I guess, and it's supposedly very humorous. Uh, I got an email for it say, last week saying that, uh, come see Miss Patmore. They didn't even like try to like tee up that it's a real person talking. It is, they're advertising her as Patmore. I, I, I don't know what else you know her as. That'd be like, uh, I don't know, like The Undertaker doing a, a, a live Q&A. They wouldn't say, it's Mark. They'd say, it's The Undertaker. Exactly. She's living the gimmick. Uh, and I was, I was floating the idea to you, Dave, and we're still figuring out if we can make it work. We, we're busy too, busy dudes here. Uh, I think it was it weekdays. It's like $80 for a ticket, uh, weekends. What's a weekend? It's like 110, 120. Uh, there's some cool perks, but it is one of those things that it's a small, it's a small much, venue. It's at, it's at the McKittrick hotel, which if you've ever been there, it's can't be over more than 50 people at a time, uh, for that performance. So it's very intimate. And you can order a, a, a tea and uh, crackers uh, kind of uh, add-on to the whole thing, too. So you can make... I mean, it seems like it's it's something that would be an interesting experience. Mm-hmm. But we're also gearing up for this movie. I have a feeling that we're going to be doing a lot of other things to prepare and to get the fans ready. And So, so I, like I, need... I, 
a night out with Miss Patmore may not be in the cards for us exactly. But. I feel like that would be an interesting thing to cover, but I don't think the main feed would be are, are people that curious to know what that show is like. And if it, they are, they probably would go. I think it's the right time for her, especially with the interest in Down Abbey. Oh, it's it, the, the wrong time for us because we need that like in a dead, dead spot, dry spell time of content to talk about. Yeah, but speaking of content to talk about, we'll just give all the listeners a little preview. Over mm-hmm. the weekend, Corey came back to Connecticut, and we we took ourselves a little drive to our old friends at uh, High Clear Castle Gin and Cigars. Mm-hmm. We did. We, we we drank some gin, and we smoked a cigar. And, uh, yeah, we, we talked with our, our buddy there, Adam Van Gucken, who's... That, you know, who works with the the Carnarvons there, who are you know the lords and ladies of the real Downton Abbey Highclere Castle, and you'll be getting an episode of that very soon, where you know he'll give us an update on how that how that business is going and share some stories about Highclere Castle and the Carnarvons, and uh, yeah, hope you you'll enjoy that when that drops. Yeah, I know. Last time we touched base with them was right before the first movie, July 2019. So. A lot in the world has changed, and their business is... Uh, so much. Business is booming, spoiler alert. They're doing great, so... Yeah. It was an exciting conversation that I think is going to delight all the Anglophiles and Downton fans alike. And the gin still tastes smooth. Still a winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Yeah. And so the cigar, let's, let's, too. <laughs> yeah, the cigar goes down just as smooth. Yeah. Um, let's jump into this episode, season six, episode two. Down Abbey. Now, Dave, did you watch yes. this on Netflix this time, or did you stick to? I did Peacock? Netflix this time. I did. How to feel? The same. <laughs> did I it have feel the smoother? cheapest Netflix plan. Okay. Which is like one screen, and it doesn't go 4K, or it doesn't go. So it's like, is it like buffering HD? as you're watching? No, but it got a little pixelated, and I wasn't sure if that was because I had um, the IMDb window open and my Gmail open. Because, like I said last time, oh, you're watching on a laptop. We've we've, we've gone. Well, not all. I mean, I watch on a laptop on a big monitor but it is still on a computer not on like a fire stick or anything like that mm-hmm. so uh I've, we've done this before Downton is like i could i could have one eye open one eye closed and i could still fully understand and let this sink in i, I have fun with it but mm-hmm. this is uh this is easy. It's in your bones this is, it's in your bones yeah man. it's in our bones so i think maybe i was just uh, had one too many chrome tabs open <laughs> Just uh, note to self, close one or two Chrome tabs next time. Yeah, yeah. Just turn turn off GChat. I don't. No one uses that anymore. No, no. That that different different era for that. But what is going on in this episode, David? It, it's definitely very much a transitional episode this uh, season. It's teeing up a, a lot more stuff to come. Well, actually, closing off closing off one of the loose ends from last season. Yeah, yeah. And, um. Should we? Can we talk and get the hospital drama out of the way? Let's talk about that. First. So you know, early on, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, when I said there's some things that are a drag on the season, this is exactly what I was referring to. I, this plot never gets any traction for me, of the ongoing battle between Isabel and Dowager over should you know the the Crawleys continue to own the hospital and, and take care of it, versus should it be turned over to the people and become part of a network where it can get supplies. We're rounding that that wagon yet again this episode. Yep, and there's no real traction. I mean, they're starting to line up the sides. They're having their own little civil war of, you know, which way is uh, Cora going to going side? Um, still trying to sway Merton or Clarkson to, to stand with each other. 
but you know they're drawing the battle lines, and yeah, this this plotline does go somewhere eventually. It just takes a lot of work to get there, and that's what we're doing this week is just putting in the work to see who's going to side with mm-hmm. Dowager or, or Isabel. Uh, to that point, Dave, who, who are you siding with right now? I think I'm with Isabel from day one on this one. Yeah. I mean, we, we grew up in a town, a state that's pretty much run by Yale. Mm-hmm. You know, Connecticut, all the Connecticut hospitals are under the Yale network. And I think, imagine if they weren't and they're all independently run. Or it would be a whole different story. And it's one of those things, too, where by this point in the series, they've done such a strong job of showing that Dowager is firmly you know, old school and that maybe her ways aren't very progressive and are kind of uh, an obstacle for, for others. So, so for us to kind of be thinking from the Dowager's point of view at this point would be kind of siding with like the old school stuff, which is not who we are today. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the challenge with this storyline is like, you know, it's not going to go that how the Dowager wants it to go. It's just, we're going mm-hmm. through the motions just to get there. And it's, it's a lot. And for her to soften to that. Yeah, absolutely. What are some other low hanging fruits going on here? Well, why don't we, we, we uh, check off the other storyline that still not too hot on Daisy concerned about Mr. Mason. Mm-hmm. She she needs some some help, you know, to to get a good word in. Uh, she's got downstairs help with Baxter talking to Cora for her. Uh, you know that Daisy's still worried about Mister Mason. And yeah, they appeal to Car- uh, Cora to try and you know see what she can do. Yeah, and Mosley's kind of getting getting involved and giving That's Daisy right. something to read. Yeah, he, he he got some exams for her to take a look at from school. So maybe if she were to kind of pass some tests, then she could be more of more help to, to Mason from a, a business sense, potentially. Uh, that has not proven out, as we see in the next movie. We'll see by the new era if that has any impact. Uh, it, you know, her going to school and getting more of an education. Uh, yeah, that that's happening. That's happening. What, not a fan. Yeah. It, and Mr. Mason's not even in this episode too, so let's let's turn the ship around real quick, Dave. Those are like the yeah, the low lights. Are, <laughs> Edith is also dealing with editor drama and and mm-hmm. some other things, but her other Downton drama will be something we discuss. Should we just talk about that now, or is that kind of the main event? Uh, that's a bit of the main event. That's uh, the main event. All right. But want to talk about Barrow? I think Barrow is a good one, a good place to go. Absolutely. Uh, so he's he's still on high alert because of this uh, threat from Danker last week that budget cuts and, and personnel cuts are coming. Mm-hmm. And he gets an interview and he feels like absolutely worthless at Downton because he asked Mr. Carson if it's okay for him to take time. And he's honest. He says it's for an interview. And Mr. Carson's like, well, no better time than the present to go for an interview. Yeah, get out of here. This is a, this is depressing. It's not quite as depressing as we'll see in an episode or two, uh, but I mean the house at least looks presentable that he goes to. It looks uh-huh. like it's it's got some of its act together. But we quickly learn that the butler there, uh, who's looking for an assistant butler, has a specific set of skills in mind for that role. <laughs> uh, by specific, you mean not specific and everything, right? You have to be able to be a Swiss Army knife in terms of being able to drive, do everything around the house. Uh, 
uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like it, the, the, the tasks ever stop and it doesn't sound like he's getting paid much more than he would be otherwise. And, and this is, I think the real hammer of this is the guy at, puts Barrow on blast about his marital status, which almost feels out of pocket <laughs> to be honest. Oh, it, it, this is why I think this is offensive and really depressing because I don't want to say that this guy f- fully connects the dots and has a, but he makes up his mind. He says, why aren't you married? Mm-hmm. And then he says, you know, Barrow says, you know, a lot of butlers and housekeepers aren't married. They're kind of married to their work. And he goes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. And Barrow, Barrow doesn't back down or anything. He doesn't say, he doesn't say any, which statement about himself, but it's still like, and the guy is judging him and it's so harsh. The guy even gets a jab in before that saying, you know, he seems like a little bit like, um, was it weak or, or something the, the way he describes him? Uh, he, he kind of judges that he, he doesn't seem like a strong character and then uh, connects the dots of like, okay, he's not married. Man, maybe we don't want your kind here, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is so awful. Um, and you really feel for him because this guy is judging him that like Barrow is scoffing at having to do these duties and he's judging him as a man too. And it's like, okay, you know, maybe this job is not, not for you. Yeah. And at the Abbey, Andy is still staying away from Barrow. Right. And and it's very passive. Like, you know, Barrow offering to help wind clocks and Andy's like, I think I can take care of it. Uh, but the fact that it's repeated and stuff definitely means that there's some intent there that Andy does not want to. And this is the, they're at the pig show late in the episode, and they Barrow tries to have some interaction with him, and mm-hmm. I believe Pat Moore says something about how you know I don't think you're picking up on this, man. I think maybe you should read the room, bro. Yeah. And Barrow's like, "Come on, I'm not trying to do anything here. I'm just trying to bowl a strike." And then he does. He bowls a strike he immediately <laughs> and walks away. There's a there's another reality where Tom Barrow becomes a professional bowler and actually is just great at it. I'd watch that show. Oh, that'd be so entertaining. That, that's new. That's English game part but two. But he only has one good hand. That, I guess that would be the that's drama true. of the show. Well, maybe, maybe that's it. He's he's just got a strong wrist and, and hand there, you know, to really make him good at throwing bowling balls. Also, who yeah. is that that guy to say like he seems like you know some kind of weak dude? He, this guy served in World War One. Thank you. <laughs> what did you do, older man? You did not serve. Well, he might have served. We don't know. He may have, but he seems a little old to, to have served there. Uh, but yeah, hopefully uh, Barrow li- winds up with a job <laughs> soon enough. But he's got a he's got an interview at a few places. You got you always got to feel out you know what your options oh, are yeah, before yeah. winding up somewhere. I think we should jump over to Anna now. I feel like there's a mm-hmm. there's only big things here aside from the fact that there's a letter from Tom Branson and cousin Rose. Cousin Rose might be pregnant. Yep. Uh, Branson's opening up a branch of his auto body shop in Boston. That's there. So Anna is still kind of down about not being able to. Still kind of down. Very down. <laughs> yes, very much. Just crying, crying to yourself in a private room. And then Bates says, uh, "You should never cry alone." I want to cry with you. It's like, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I know oh, he's man. trying to be romantic there, but it, it comes off as a little bit. That's just sad, man. <laughs> it's like, shouldn't you, be, you know, you could say I can be your shoulder to cry on. So you're not alone when you cry, but don't say I want to cry with you. Mm-hmm. Real, real drop of, uh, of quality in, in John Bates. As far as his, his prowess on screen, he doesn't seem powerful. I mean, also is Bates one to cry? Have we ever seen him cry? 
Now we've seen him throw hands. Yeah, he's he's not a crier, uh, but yeah, he, he's definitely kind of. Uh, he's he's lost a, some swiftness with his words. I think a little bit. Yeah, you're right about that. And even then, like, uh, you know, they're he's asking why she's crying because the, the kid's saying, and he's like, "Have you considered adoption?" To which Anna, the, with, with this, is some more strange writing where she she says, "Well, you're a tribal man." <laughs> Uh, you want one of your own, you know. You you can't have a, a child, and he's like, I am tribal. And then they they yeah. Ha- well, that's the moment where he goes, I would do whatever makes you happy. Yeah, it's like what, tribal. They they, they howl at the moon right there and then too, right? Because that, that, that's that's their tribe. They're much they're that's wolf what, pack. That's what tribal people do. Yeah, the pack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bates. He he is he's a howler. All, all right, you know, he likes to howl. Um, but it's such a. I get what she's saying, you know. You, she, he wants one of her own, but to say he, he's tribal is just like eh, that's one way of putting it. But also, Bates brought it up. It's not like mm-hmm. someone said, "Do you think Mr. Bates would adopt?" And she would said, "No, I think he's too tribal. I think he really wants to be the, you know, natural father." It's Mr. Bates himself saying, "How does this sound?" And she says, "You, you wouldn't like this." I guess not. <laughs> uh, I mean, they kind of leave but it man- there. Uh, until yeah they leave that there but mary says mary finds out about anna Mm -hmm. in this plight and says that anna helped her in her little situation with uh one of her many not many but one of her handful of little side quests and and says look i'm gonna hook you up with the doctor that i want to let's go we're gonna go we're taking a trip and, and not to, to un- underrate you know what side quest she mentions they this we brought this up last time we talked about talked about this episode uh but they're like you even helped me carry pamuk out of the room and then they both laugh about this laugh about they both about both them covering up a, a death at Dallin. hilarious Somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, that's the thing that you go to therapy for for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, somewhere Pamuk's grave just sunk a few inches just hearing his name referenced again in jest <laughs> on Downton Abbey. Poor Kamal. He's really trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a good signifier of how far we've come on the show and where we are now, but that poor guy, man. <laughs> Didn't have to die. <laughs> Pamuk got spooked, and then he pooked. Yep. Uh, rest in peace. So yeah, um, you know Mary's going to go to 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 London, and they're she's going to do some shopping, and then help Anna to see about getting an operation done. Yeah, and it's and they go to see a doctor, and hey, it's an easy fix. But yeah. Anna's of the mindset that she just will never be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. Cut and dry, that's it. She's miscarried a couple times; it's just not going to happen. So so Mary's like, uh, uh-uh, we're going to work on this. You help me, I help you. Even though we're not really friends, I'm gonna do this. I mean, she does say she's like one of her like longest friends or closest friends. So, like, I mean, she does. If Anna quit, would they hang out and get tea? The two of them? No, I don't think exactly. so. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think Lady Mary has many friends to begin with. You're right about that. that's an interesting thing. I know we've ta- I think we've talked about this before, but none of them have any friends. <laughs> No, it's all in the household. They don't go anywhere. Edith is the only person close to approaching having friends because she actually has like a job somewhere. A job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's about it. Um, so yeah, the the guy gives her the backgrounds. It's going to happen. 
And so we'll see. You know, I I think Bates has a lot left in the chamber, so it's definitely likely that she'll she will get pregnant soon. Oh yeah, the, you know, if he's at a loss for words, it's because he's so backed up. <laughs> I mean, that's the number one leading cause for men of just not knowing what to say. Is <laughs> there just too many swimmers? <laughs> just competing, you know, to Tank get out. It, it really, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it's a problem. Anyways, though, did we already clear through mostly everything except for the the main event? Is is that? There's also uh, Carson and Hughes. Oh right! Oh yes, yes. So that 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 is taking another step where they're trying to determine where to have the actual wedding. And uh, they decided they're gonna do the deed. So now they need to figure out where to have the wedding. Yeah, now that they got the the other business out of the way, so Hughes is of the mind of having it at you know either the the local school or somewhere you know public. That feels more true to them that they they can have put their own stamp on, whereas Carson entertained Downton, and then the the Granthams and Crawleys are telling them you should have it here. You should we'll we'll have it in the the hall. We'll have, we'll make it a big thing. Uh, Hughes is very much against it, but we see that Mary is like, no, no, it's gonna I'm gonna we're gonna have it here. And even Carson and Robert, Robert have a an exchange where it's like. I guess she gets what she wants. There's nothing we can do about it. Well, we're, we're leapfrogging over the fact that this episode starts where Robert says, oh, we'll do a really good job decorating the servants' hall. Mm. And you guys can get married down there. And then as soon as Carson walks out of the room, Mary's like, are you serious, Dad? Oh, right. This guy's this guy is giving his life to this place, and you want to give him the servants' hall? Give him, the, give him whatever room he wants. Yeah, moving on up. <laughs> and when we see that the Hughes is, is shook about that. Yeah, so are I mean, you serious? This is what they, you know, no. And this is a good um, moment between these two characters where Carson's like, I've given my life to this place and it means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And Hughes is like, but that's not us. That's not who we are as human beings. Yeah. Our job is not us. And I want to celebrate with everybody. And obviously the Crawleys are invited. They can sit front row. Mm-hmm. But uh-uh, this is not how we do this. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's when Carson says, like, he'll have a word. And it kind of gets railroaded because he just can't say no to, to Mary. And, you know, she wants the best for Carson because he's always treated her kindly. So I I look forward to the showdown between Mary and Hughes because Mary, Mary is so just sure of herself that, you know, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to talk to Hughes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But Mary, you're a little bit full of yourself. Check yourself before you wreck yourself here. Well, I mean, she's full of herself because of the other thing that's happening that she's up to this week. We get a visit from Mr. Finch. <laughs> that's right. The, the pigmen are, are coming to town. Yeah, not not our favorite pigman, but other pigmen. Yes, the, the men of the pig. So there's going to be a pig competition, and Mr. Finch comes and he says, I want to talk to the agent. Mm-hmm. And Mary comes in and says, well... Branson's our agent. He's in Boston now. I'm the agent. And he's like, oh. <laughs> he's so disappointed. <laughs> he's so deflated. He goes, well, I guess this is a changing world. Well, Mary, I'd slap that guy. Oh, absolutely. Get him out of the house. Uh, they are simple farmers. Pig farmers. Yeah. 
and you know we, we see the, the you know Mary talking to Drew like are we ready to sh- present this pig is it good to go and, and Drew is like we got to find one here <laughs> good old hog yeah Marigold's hanging around she's she for some reason they thought it'd be good for her to see Mr. Drew and lo and behold Miss Drew shows not face good, yeah Mrs. Drew's there and she's not thrilled to see or she is thrilled to see mm-hmm. her former baby yeah you can't help but feel for her. She, she took care of this kid for so long; it got took took away from her. Yeah, yeah. This is really and and then you know obviously this continues, but poor poor Mrs. Drew. Yeah. So, yeah, we have the big presentation on the town. Yep. That's a fine looking hog that they got there too. It's thick. It's got they got a nice um, nice Isn't coat it of hair. A pig fat contest too. <laughs> yeah, man, it's good to go. And yeah, they won. Mary and they Drew, Drew place number one. Good job. But in in the chaos, we see that old Marigold is missing. Uh huh. Yeah, can't find her. And then Mister Drew's like, oh, "I got an idea. I know exactly where she is." Miss Drew took her, of course. And the and the truck, Mister Drew's yeah. truck. She hightailed it out of there, man. <laughs> She knew what she was doing. Yeah, she knew that's not her baby to keep. What was her end game exactly? What what was going to come of this? But in her her she's clearly a little mentally ill after what has happened yeah. to her. And I understand this is must be incredibly traumatic for her. And she starts saying that like who are you know they they turn a blind eye to her for a second and they they they're still happy and their life is exactly what it is and here we are, the Drews, just sort of the simpletons, and and why do they have to take her from me? Mm-hmm. Do you think all the other Drew kids are like, my, we're here too? <laughs> you got like five or six of us. Come on, aren't we enough? <laughs> What's for dinner, Mike? You keep holding that baby that doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> I mean, there's something about Marigold. We've said it before, and we said it again. The there's something about Marigold, <laughs> just attracts everyone. But Mary doesn't know yet, and Rob Robert talks about it. Yep. But but then the the Downton the crew shows up and Robert's like look dude this ain't keep this can't keep happening my man yeah there's no other course of action but say goodbye man but M- Mr Drew's like I agreed to the terms with with Lady Edith I shouldn't have done it mm-hmm. I'll get out of here I'll see you I'll see you when I see you <laughs> it's a shame they, their pig just won like. And again, what was Miss Drew's endgame? We don't know. She was just kind of losing her losing her mind there for a second. Mister Mister Drew, I think Edith and Mister Drew are both, you know, so in the wrong for how they handled this. I know yeah. obviously it's a it's different. The story is different from all angles. Like it's not a good thing for Edith. It's not a good thing for Mister Drew. The very nice gesture for Mister Drew, but he didn't think about the consequences. Edith obviously can't go telling the truth, but oish. Yeah. Doesn't get any, you know. Tough beat all around. Yeah. And this is a real kind of sad way for the Drews to go because, you know. They're likable. They're likable. Mr. I I mean, I think Mrs. Drew is kind of meant to be played as like a shrew from day one. She never seems like a real caring mother to Marigold. I mean, she seems like a caring mother, but she seems to not care about what other people think about her. Whereas Mr. Drew is sort of a... Proud steadfast man. tenant he just is 
you know, a nice guy, does his job, all that. Made one poor choice with helping Edith. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like the worst decision of his life. He's going to regret it forever. His wife probably hates him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she absolutely does, as we saw in the last season. Uh, if you're Mr. Drew, you put the pieces together, right? This is, He knows this is Edith's baby. 100% by now. you you got to figure. Why, why else There's would you There's got to be speculation so in town, too. Unless uh, yeah. people are really that slow. Right. It's such a shame, too, because, yeah, that pig thing happened. And it took us so long in the show to get to, like, a pig presentation. Like, this is the kind of thing that would not have happened in season one uh, of Downton Abbey because they were still trying to present these people as kind of, like, you know, rich and fancy way of life. They didn't get down and dirty all the time. Uh, but now here we are, watching the pigs, seeing them grow. and, and uh, <laughs> Watch them grow. That's about it. That That's where we, where we got, and that's where we're going to leave it uh, with those pigs. So yeah, and we did we did see in a prior scene that Cora is thinking about ideas because she does hear out Daisy. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, I think I might have a solution to all of this," and it's like, "Well, we know exactly what you're thinking, Cora." Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> how she's going to help Daisy? How Daisy may mess it up <laughs> as it is going to happen. Uh. There is one thing we should mention with the the letter from Rose uh, that she may come in August, we'll see. And Mary says she must be pregnant. (laughs) To which Edith says, you just take 2 plus 2 together and get 53. (laughs) Uh, And I don't think they have a kid based on what we've heard in the the show or or the movie, right? Yeah, they they don't. I don't think Rose has one. I don't remember. I mean, we'll definitely get cross that bridge because we're going to get there. But it is so funny. Like So much of this episode is kind of putting over Mary... And she really doesn't have a care in the world. She just makes things happen, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. No obstacles. And I feel like that's that's the whole episode. It, it is a breezy episode, lengthwise. It flies yeah. by. Yeah. Just a lot of teeing up of things and then just resolving the Drews because we all needed to know where that was going to go. Yeah, poor Drews. R.I.P. Thanks for coming. Yep. Okay Thanks episode. for your service. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners are just like, man, these people are just like, <laughs> we're flying through this. Moving one. on, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, we still got power rankings to do to do though. We do absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I think I'll, I'll kick it off. I, I, kick I, it off. Who do you got going down? Yeah, uh, I got Marigold at number three. All of this has got to be confusing for her, going back and forth between the Drews hanging out with Edith and stuff. I don't know if she's ever been on our power rankings before. I just feel for, for you know, a lot of shifting households. You got to think about the kids. Okay. The pandemic has changed me. I'm thinking about the kids all the time, man. Yeah. You're getting, the older we get, you were sitting smoking that cigar, taking a big old inhale. They said, don't inhale the cigar, Corey, doesn't he start thinking about babies and the, the well-being of children? <laughs> yeah. Can't do that. Well, how well, about you, three, I got, I got I got Carson because... Okay. He's between a rock and a hard place where he loves Mrs. Hughes. They, that's his wife to be. What's the hard he place? Wants, he wants to make, get married at Dowin. His, yeah. his surrogate daughter wants him to get married there. And he needs to eat his words when Robert says, we can clean up the servants' hall. It's his job to say, oh, thank you very much, and walk away. Yeah. And then he has to say to Robert later in the episode, the servants' hall would have been a delightful wedding because he's so proud. Yeah, man. And when you say surrogate daughter, you mean Mary because that's how he treats her. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, 
At number two, I got Barrow. So do I. It makes dude, the most sense. A dude went looking for a job, got a waste of time instead. But poor guy. I, I hope only his prospects can turn around. Yeah. He got a sus. You know, this guy susses him out, thinks he's a bit of a prima donna, questions his, his moral compass, and and Carson kind of makes it like it's all good that he's going on interviews. Like, yo, we really don't need you anyway. We're fine. Yeah. That's a low blow. It's funny because I can relate to that so much where it's just like you're just looking to get paid well, and then this person's asking you to do all these things, and it's like, oh, I'm getting paid pretty similar for doing all not all that stuff. I get paid Amen. to do it well, you know? This guy is clearly not paying people to do it well. He's just asking them to do it all. And he says, you know, it's new, new, a new era. Yeah. You know, less less hands to, to make this machine work. Mm-hmm. Well, number one going down, I got Mr. and Miss Drew. It couldn't be anyone else. Yeah, I, I, I gave it just to Mr. Drew. He played himself. Yeah, because I feel like Mrs. Drew is traumatized, and she's gone through some serious heartbreak. I mean, she's still tied with him. She stole a truck and then stole Marigold. I mean, that's... I think, yeah, it's, I think Mr. Drew is worse off in the big picture, though, because this sure. is, the this is, you know, he played himself. I mean, in the big picture, you know? he did win with that pig today, so it, it kind of... It's not big picture, though. He's getting evicted. Maybe he got some prize money. It can help find a new place to, to land. Okay. All right, fine. I'll, I'll concede there. Maybe yeah. he does even out... But uh, yeah, not 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 great for them. I think if you were to look at our power rankings from the last season and this, that it's like the Jews are just going down. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's no there's no way to not go not for them to to end in the mud. Yeah. Well, Dave, who's going up for you? Well, number three, it's a rock and a hard place. It's Mrs. Hughes. Okay. She's number three because this is a her little moment with Mr. Carson about you know. This is who we are, and and, and Downton is not who we are. The definition of us mm-hmm. is a big moment at this point, and I think it's a moment that Carson needs. And her putting her foot down, saying, "I don't want to get married here," is yeah. a big moment as a strong female character in this show. So good on her. Yeah. Well, number three, I got Cora. I mean, she promises to help Daisy out or try and figure something out to help out Mister Mason, but also kind of, we kind of glossed over it, but her not immediately siding with the dowager means like, Oh, she's going to play an important role in where this hospital winds up and she's an important chess piece. And it, we're seeing some of that power. So kudos to Cora. Cool. Well, number two, I got Anna. I got Anna number two. Also, she, she's very resistant. She doesn't want to go talk to this doctor about maybe being able to be a mother, but she does. And mm-hmm. surprise, she all she needs is a little stitch. She's going to be a mother, hopefully, if all goes according to plan, as long as Bates is still shooting. Oh, we know he is. Those swimmers are backed up. <laughs> he's got he's got to unleash them. Uh, and that's all that needs to be said about that. Yeah. Congrats, Anna. We're yeah. proud of her. Well, who's number one for you, Dave? I got Mary at number one. Okay. I think there's a lot of facilitating going on with Mary. She's got the, the situation with Finch, Mr. Finch comes in and it tries to make it like she's not, he doesn't want to follow her lead and she's like yeah I'm the boss yeah and I will be the boss going forward so get used to me and pig shows a success Downton wins this is her sort of doing she's facilitated this pig to to have this victory and then she helps her friend Anna after all these years of Anna 
helping her. It's good to see her pay that back. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's very true. And, and to that point, uh, number one, I got Mary and Mr. Drew's pig. I think the pig is very <laughs> emblematic of it's the a tie for the pig. It is. It's the pig itself. Really? I mean, it's really emblematic of how far she's come as an agent. There's been all this talk of her, you know, trying to find the right pigmen and, you know, becoming a, uh, an agent and stuff. And like, this is it coming to fruition. Like when the pig wins, she doesn't seem too surprised. She's very, you know, modest about it. It's like she, she's running her stuff very calmly, knows what's going on. So kudos to, to that pig. Couldn't have gotten there without Mary. She, she really, or in Mr. Drew, uh, but it's representative yeah, but, but, of her success. Yeah, Mary Mary gets all the flowers this week. Yeah. That pig does. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that's this week on down and uh We flew through that was, a, that was lightning speed. I mean what else do we really need to talk about there? <laughs> yeah, that much. If it we wasn't enough it for you, thoroughly. go back and listen to us talk about the first time where we were maybe a little bit more enthralled with it. Yeah. <laughs> Or come find us from 2016 or whenever this aired. Yeah, talk to us. And, and get in a time machine, talk to us then. So, solid enough the episode, though. Solid enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not trash-talking it as an no. episode. It's just a, it's table-setting. Exactly. Next week will be more important with Hughes and Carson tying the Yes, bow. but we've covered that one twice, so you'll be getting a Downton Classic. <laughs> yes. Yes, you'll probably be getting the last time we talked about it. Yeah, last time or the OG time. Maybe we'll put that up as a poll. What would you rather hear again? Would you rather hear the revisit? <laughs> They're going to say no. They want us to go to, do, go to it for a third time, 6.3 times answer, three. And the answer is we got lives. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Dave, have you been watching anything else? Uh, I th- not, not really this week. I feel like I've kind of been on the WrestleMania come down. Okay. So last week we were like over enthralled. I think I just watched too much. TV I had the screen yeah. on too much, sure. But oh, we did watch something together. What we watched that is prudent to the Downton Abbey fandom. Oh, that's right. We watched the German film "I'm Your Man" with Dan Stevens. He's fantastic in that movie. He's great. He's a great comedic actor. Yeah, he speaks fluent German throughout the movie. He's, he speaks multiple languages and mm-hmm. does not speak a lick of English in this movie. Now, uh. Have you seen the Eurovision movie that he's in? Yeah, I have. Okay, yeah, because that's not a very good, not a good movie, but he's fantastic in it. Yeah, that movie's just a little bit too long. I think it's his biggest issue. A lot too long. (laughs) Yeah, but he is consistently the best part of that movie. And I feel like most things that Dan Stevens pops up in, he's probably the best part of whatever you're watching. Now, I was thinking about this in in reflecting on this film and the, the several Dan Stevens movies that our patrons have made us watch for Patreon episodes. Is his career trajectory any different if he just sticks with that one? At this point, no. I think there was a moment. There was there was a real moment where he had some of that he, he was he was the beast in Beauty and the Beast, uh, which I think we kind of forget about because we just never seen that movie. <laughs> uh, but he really just hasn't taken those starring roles, and I, I think we've talked about this before on on the Patreon. But uh, I think he could have stuck it out a down, but he had to find out for himself, you know. Because this movie is fantastic, but this is the kind of movie that you could do, not that it came out during Downton, but he could have done The Guest in between seasons of Downton. He could have done this in between seasons of Downton. Could have. Should have. Yeah, and it, I, I think he's fantastic. The movie is not without his flaws, but yeah. if you're a fan of Dan Stevens, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are, I'd say check it out. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't shy yeah. away from it. It's not, it's, it's not the worst way to spend a 
hour and a half or a little over that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, what about you? You've been watching anything good, Corey? Just that Tokyo Vice on HBO. That's that's where I'm at, man. <laughs> Is it good? I I have yet um, to. I think Michael Mann fans uh, need apply. Anyone else? If 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 you're not in for like what moodiness, the, what about El Gort Nation? I do not consider myself part of the El Gort Nation, uh, but he, yeah, if you do consider yourself part of El Gort Nation, maybe stop. Yeah, check yourself. Check yourself. <laughs> but I will say his Japanese is actually quite good. Uh, I was I was actually kind of imp- pretty impressed with it. Okay. Like, and like eighty to ninety percent of the dialogue of the show is actually Japanese, which I was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> they're they're going for it. And it takes place in nineteen ninety nine Japan. I'm very familiar with some of the music from back then, so I was like, pretty excited to hear some of the music drop during some episodes. So cool stuff. That's exciting. Well, <laughs> next well, we will be back. You know, the Downton season six will will return in some capacity next week. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it'll be later this week. The Lords will be back. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We're just trying to figure the schedule out leading up to this film because we're busy people. Yeah. We want to make sure you get all the down coverage that you need leading up to a new era. Right. But otherwise, you know where to find our old podcasts. They're on Spotify. They're on Apple. They're wherever you get your local podcasts. You can find them on our website. Your local podcast. Sure. You can find them on Podbean. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. If you want merch with Pigman printed on it, we got merch on T Public. No, we got that, but we're, we don't mean the current Pigman. Not the current one, uh, but we're out there, and you know where to find us. And please leave a five star rating review if you so choose, and sign up for our Patreon if you want more uh, content. Yeah. So, so that's that. That's it. That's all. We'll catch See you next, you next time week. on the pod. Yeah.